This is Danny Jolkin, and you're listening to the Level Flight Podcast. Welcome into episode 60 of the Level Flight Podcast. We've got a full crew back here today. The Jets have been rolling as of late. The guys, we couldn't miss it. We took last week off, you know, a bit of a holiday break, but we're back. Episode 60, um, just a quick word on, you know, 60 episodes. I guess it's another milestone, Brian. It is, and uh, we're happy you're still listening to us. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, You know, at this point, like, I feel like we're in, like, this sort of long-term relationship now, so... If, if you've stuck with us this long, welcome into the long haul. Uh, as we approach 100, uh, get ready. <laughs> exactly. If you, if you thought we were comfortable now, oh, just wait. <laughs> that that might be like a bit of a threat, honestly. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> no, it's a promise. stay or, or else, but <laughs> it's a promise. That's a there interesting. You go. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're, we're doing okay. good. Um, yeah, I, I'm super excited. I can't believe it. It, every time we hit a milestone, I just like it's nuts to me every single time. So thank you to everybody who keeps coming back, all the new people, and we're just gonna keep chugging along here. Uh, if we get if we get 200, that'd be great. Hopefully, we have something crazy uh, planned for that. But uh, yeah, no, thank you to everybody. That's all I really have to say, honestly. Yeah, thanks to everyone who stuck around. The race to 100 is on. Um, and uh, like you said, we're going to keep chugging along, just like the Winnipeg Jets, who uh, will start with the the Minnesota home and home uh, to close out a 10-1-2 month of December for Winnipeg. They're like undoubtedly a top three team in the NHL right now with the way that they're playing, um, especially the month of December, and then we'll get into the Tampa Bay game. But first, on that Minnesota home and home, before we get into the Ryan Hartman stuff, let's focus on the on ice stuff here. Um, what were your guys' thoughts? I'll start with you, Brian, on the Jets kind of just like physically dominating Minnesota for um, 120 minutes. Just hard fought. And it was also, mm-hmm. too, and we're seeing it now where um, we're going to talk about this more later, but when the, you're not getting the explosive offense from you know, that, that top group there, you're going to need some guys to step up. And over the last few games, especially we're seeing it in the, uh, in the bottom six and that fourth line now featuring Dom Ton, Dom Toninato, who is apparently he has revitalized himself into a player that I have never seen before. Four points um, in four games. There's I know, only one version of Dom Toninato we've seen that play for yeah. what team we know which one, but it's, but it's, that to me was such a huge part of these two games here where it was getting those guys to step up at the right time and get, you know, those game winners. Um, you know, you see these little, they're not all pretty either. That's the thing. Like the, the goal that uh, Toninato scored um, in, in Minnesota to put them up 
uh, after an absolute laser from Vlad Nemestikov, who we will talk about more, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. That's just one of those goals that on a delayed penalty, you're just whacking away in front of the net. You put it past uh, you know, Gustafsson, and, or I guess at that point it was Flurry. Um, mm-hmm. But then you also have you know, Janssen Fialbi and all them. Like it, That group right now is playing, like the, and by the group, I mean the entire forward group is playing more you know, complete hockey in terms of just full-on effort than I've seen them play in years. Like you just see, yeah. every, like they step onto the ice and it's just, it's all energy all the time. And I, I, it's, it's absolutely exhilarating to watch. Yeah. And the, the rest of the forward course feeding off of that for sure. Dom Toninato game winner in his home state uh, to give the Jets back to back wins and send them off in December. That was what a moment, but yeah, oh. Elliot, your thoughts on the, the home and home. I think, I think this shows, obviously I, I love the team camaraderie and I'm not, I'm not even just talking the Hartman thing. Every time they score, it seems to be that everybody's excited for whoever you see the videos in the locker room. Everyone's got each other's back. Everybody's proud of each other. And obviously we saw that last year and, and that was one of the big things on why the jets were one of the better teams last year, even when they weren't as sustainable. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the the biggest thing to me is just they are playing with confidence right now. Like this this team is obviously with effort, like Brian said, and they're playing complete games. But they are playing with confidence. And we saw what happened last year. They went on a little losing skid. They lost all their confidence. And I know it's essentially the same group of a couple different players. They completely fell off the rails. Like this team is good obviously they've shown that they're a good team but they're also playing confident and as long as they're confident this is just going to keep rolling but they are just going to keep steamrolling teams and they are just going to go right through everybody because if you don't break their confidence which i i has really anybody broken their confidence yet this year either like montreal i i I guess (laughs) but but didn't they but they bounced right back for a win didn't they i believe they won their next game right like like that's the other thing their next four yeah. the next three so, yeah like it would be different if they lost to montreal and that was like oh we've lost three of our last four or two of our last three and then you can kind of see them maybe waver nope it was oh well we should have won that game oh well let's just beat the next opponent like yeah. it, it, it's they have been so good and it's really and and it's really there's not much else to say like they are one of the best teams in the league and it's half confidence base and it's half they're playing well under their head coach like i think this also has to be a system thing I think finally Rick Bonus has a team with him that plays to his system. And as much as we may batter the system every once in a while because there's certain things we don't like about it, it's working. Like I, I want to sit here and complain about certain things that he's doing and certain things that he's getting players to do. We could sit here and talk about the power play, which I know we will, but we're, they're still winning games and they're still a top three yeah. team. Like I, I don't I mean, really know it, what else to say. Yeah, I, I agree. And in terms of the on-ice five on five systems. I don't think there can be an argument from anyone. They're the best defensive team in the NHL with the best goalie in the world. Like the the, the best five on five goal differential by a lot in the league. Like it's not even close. Like you, 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 there's no argument against the five on five systems. Yes. The power play. Yes. There's some boneheaded decisions in overtime and down the stretch when it comes to lineup personnel. But in terms of just rolling your lines, and how this team is playing, you, that's they're the best team in the league at doing that. And uh, 
it's been a joy to watch for sure. Now let's talk about the Ryan Hartman thing. So Cole Perfetti gets high sticked off the face off. And then on Tuesday morning's morning skate availability, he said that um, he was asked a question by Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg free press, whether or not Hartman admitted the intent of that well, high stick right off the face. If you can search up the video on Twitter, it's all over the place. Um, and Perfetti basically was like, yeah, he basically admitted like, hey, it's not your fault. Um, but something had to happen because of Kaprizov's injury. Okay. Um, and then a few questions later, Mike goes, well, weren't you mic'd up for that game? And Perfetti goes, yeah. So we, we got it all on tape. And uh, the Jets actually tweeted that the next episode of Runway, their documentary series, is coming out January 16th. So I feel like a lot of people will be tuning in to see uh, to hear Ryan Hartman basically confess to uh, a blatant high stick right off the faceoff. It was a dirty, dirty play. He got fined for it. That was the only discipline that came out of it. Um, but that's the the situation. Um, if people missed it, but what were your guys' thoughts on, you know, just Ryan Hartman being Ryan Hartman? I guess. Well, my my biggest issue is the fact that like, I'm sorry. Firstly, the thing that they're responding to is the Brendan Dillon cross check, which if you watch any hockey game in front of the net, those like little cross checks that, you know, catch guys in the ribs happen every game. And then yeah. he turns around and hits Dillon even harder than Dillon hit him. Yeah. So he got him in the leg, calling, which I get, but like, Jesus. But like anyone calling bloody murder on that is just, they're, they're way off base. But I'm sorry, if you're Ryan Hartman and your thought is, uh, oh, they hurt our guy, someone needs to pay for it, uh, you go find the smallest guy on the ice and do a cheap little exactly easiest uh, target stick to his mouth as he's bent over. That is, I listen, the, the, I got very close then to the very first uh, bleep of something in the Level Flight podcast. <laughs> but like, how cowardly are you that that's all you can do? Like, I'm sorry, like drop your gloves. If you're that pissed off about something like you're, that's such a little chicken thing yeah. to do. Like, yeah. like he's such just, he, he never, like he doesn't learn. Like that's the thing. Like, I think I saw yeah. like he's been fined, I think seven times suspended three in his career. It was like yeah. once every 53 and a half games, he's either fined or suspended. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm Great sorry, job. Because, and like the clear, like Good the NHL is such, you know, like they, they think that whatever player safety is doing is helping. Uh, clearly it isn't because you see guys like Hartman who just keep running around and doing stuff or like Tom Wilson, which it's actually, it's, I think we're due for a Tom Wilson stupid, you know, play or something. Cause I think the, <laughs> the clock run, runs due. So uh, yeah, we're, we're, I think we're running close to that one, but like it, when you don't, actually like suspend these guys for longer than a game or find them more than the allowable amount um there's zero incentive for them to stop doing stupid stuff on the ice so when yeah. hartman goes out there uh finds the smallest guy on the ice who had nothing to do with the other play high sticks him in the mouth uh and then gets fined for it I don't know. I think I think I actually saw a video of him doing some more uh, ridiculous stuff against Calgary last night too. Um, I don't, yeah, I, don't I I think Brady tweeted that video. I, I think that was an old video, um, and it was an old slash. But it was it was like last year. Like it wasn't like 
the first he was a rookie like i think yeah. it was like a year ago or something um but yeah it was it was a it was a dumb play i mean everyone's seen the replay if you're a jets fan or a wild fan and i'm just so so glad that these two teams don't play till february because i can't stand the discourse it's no, just it's so stupid. exhausting oh just it's, wait <laughs> It's I, I mean wait. I mean, this is the thing though. We we said, or a lot of people were saying, I was saying, oh my goodness, Kaprizov's hurt. Sunday's gonna be a bloodbath. It wasn't. There was one small cheap play that people are up in arms as about. As so, drop. so so what's gonna happen in on February 20th? Ryan Hartman's gonna fight off the opening puck drop. Nothing's gonna happen, and there's gonna be one little cheap play that everyone's freaking out on. Uh, over Twitter, one little cross check or one little high stick off a of face up, like it's just so dumb. It's just so dumb. It's not even like a a date a guy in the danger zone getting hit right in the numbers um, at Mark Shifley like on an open net, or like a blatant <laughs> hit to that to the head. This isn't yeah. like a oh my god player safe. Like I don't know, man. It's just two little cheap yeah. plays, and it's just so. Oh, the Dylan cross check. Yeah, how do, how does that go uncalled? How's how's player safety not in on this? It's like what. If it's, they are against the boards, like what? What do you <laughs> or find uh, everyone who was cross-checking each other in either in front of the net or along the boards? There would be no players left to play. Yeah, that's why you don't like, see yeah, the cross-checking like, uh, call get. That's not a penalty really anymore. Nobody, I've not seen a ref called cross-checking in forever. Like yeah. it's it's been a while. Definitely. So. No, what and, I, I I wanted to quickly ahead, just get in on this because here here's my thing. And this is not like fine. You should find Ryan Hartman because that is a cheap shot. Like there's there should be some sort of disciplinary action because you yeah. shouldn't have to do that. Why is Cole if you want to fight somebody, go fight Brendan Dillon then? Like okay, well. if you want to go <laughs> well, but you know what I'm saying. If you wanna get back at whoever did it, you go and fight the guy that did it. You don't go hit the skill guy who has nothing to do with the situation. I'm not even sure if he was on the ice at the time. Like, no. wh why, why does it, yeah, why does it need to be a cheap shot? My, the, my biggest issue with this whole situation is once again, the NHL doesn't know what rules are. They don't know how to follow them. They don't know how to like keep track of them. So they released the tweet about, oh, back in like, here's the, here's the fine, blah, blah, blah. But then there was a tweet released that, oh, back in 2005, they signed a deal that if you're mic'd up saying that you did something bad, you can't be fined right. or suspended or anything about it. So then then why is there a suspension? Why is this one uh, – why, why is there any sort well, of – Well, I, I think he was going to get fined regardless. I think people were wondering that if he admitted guilt on Mike, if that could actually turn it into a suspension. Um but I, I, I think he's getting. I'm sorry, but like if you're if you high stick two hand uh, guy on the face off like that, you're, you're usually getting fined regardless. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, a lot of people were wondering. Oh, can you use the 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 admission of guilt on an audio tape uh, as uh, something against him? But no, with the right. 2005 uh, lockout CBA. documents and everything that was signed, they said you couldn't. But but you're also not even supposed to be able to get fined. Like that was the other thing. You're not. But supposed he, to get he wasn't fined though because he was admitting that, guilt. That was he my was that was my impression though. Like that's no, what, I, he that's was fine because he hit, uh, he hit Cole no, Perfetti in the face as hard as he could with a stick. Like that's because, that's why he was fined. Because the I, fine came down when the Jets were on the ice for morning skate. 
So then the media members are like, oh, okay, let's talk to Cole Perfetti because he was the guy that got yeah. in the face and this guy just got fined. And then he said, yeah, he was on mic. But what but the, see, that's where the discourse is having an issue because that hasn't been cleared up. And that's why I think Twitter is going nuts yeah. even about the fine because people think, oh, well, then why aren't you following the rules? Blah, blah, blah. See, and this is what happens when I'm someone who just follow, is following along on Twitter. That's why it's yeah. nice to have somebody who's in the media room like Connor, where you see the, the fine and then Cole Perfetti and you kind of know the right order of the events, but right. And I think a suspension for that would be a little much for Ryan. Harman. Oh yeah. I mean, it's a dirty play, but a fine is fine. Whatever. Um, for a, a penalty, a penalty on the play would have been the theoretical way yeah. to handle it along with a fine. Um, but like asking for a one game suspension is kind of crazy there, especially since he got one game, for the Ehlers thing. And if we're we're talking about consistency, it's not there with player safety. But like if that's the bar, um, whatever. Uh, that's a whole nother conversation is player safety's consistency, which is we not can talk about, we could, Yeah, we could <laughs> talk about player safety in the NBA too. Only Draymond Green is now getting suspended from the league. Like he should have been suspended three <laughs> right, kicks yeah. ago. Like maybe three of them maybe ago. There's a few NHL players that are on track to, uh, to get that same treatment. I don't know. But uh, – yeah, let, let's talk about the Tampa Bay game. Move on from Minnesota and Ryan Hartman. And the Jets swept them. Hey, they, they, it was an eight point swing in the standings. Sorry, in the standings. And uh, Minnesota's still down there, way outside of a wild card spot. So Jets don't have to worry about them for a while now. Tampa Bay, big 4 2 win. Um, Connor Hellebuck was for, fantastic. Um, what were your guys' thoughts on this one? Brian, I'll start with you. Tampa Bay, obviously, we know Kucherov, Point, Hedman. They only dressed five defensemen because they're in salary cap hell. Um, what were your thoughts on the Jets just kind of wearing them down and getting better as the game went on? Well, I think, too, where, uh, and that, that's a great way to segue into it, was early on, like, it was clear that Tampa was the the team that was, you know, clearly, you know, leading and taking chances. And, like, they, like they're, they're doing, they were doing everything that they could to try and get up early i mean they did get up early and it was a situation where a penalty that shouldn't have been a penalty um because it was it apparently was friendly fire uh was, was called yeah. and a situation where tampa's power play has consistently been one of the best in the league for the last decade um yeah. so you'd, it, you'd be best to avoid that so they go down early with the uh you know the power play goal against, but from that point forward, because I think at one point the shots were like 23 to 10 for Tampa. Um, From that point though, it was as if they flipped a switch, which we've seen a lot this year where very rarely Mm -hmm. will you get a full 60 minute bad effort from the jets, which was, we saw a lot of that in the last couple of years where it was like, that was just a bad game all around. Um, You're seeing them actually make the proper adjustments and, you know, come back at the teams and saying, okay, uh, here's our, here, here's our counter punch. Um, and they, they had it. And I I mean, too, what's important as well is aside from the Ehlers goal, another non top line effort for, uh, you know, guys putting it in the net and like the last few games, you've got three, you got three goals from IFLO. You've got uh, a couple from, uh, you know, Nemestikov. You got a couple from uh, Niederreiter. Like you're, you're getting all these goals from guys who um, 
are really just capitalizing on their chances and it's pushing them to victory. Yeah. And it's, it's the depth, right? Like don't make ton and has four points in four games. He wasn't even supposed to be in the lineup for these four games because David Gustafson going into the holiday break was perfectly fine. And now he's injured and ton and has ran with it. Um, It's, it's been crazy that the fourth line is playing this effective, Uh, but their time on ice is going up a little bit. Bonus has noticed it. It's playing him more. They're rewarding him. They're blocking a lot of shots. Um, and you you can't really blame bonus for for playing them more, especially no. we'll get into the the top line later in the episode and, and kind of the top six in general. But the bottom six has been carrying the offense. Um, Elliot, what were your thoughts on the, the Tampa Bay game last night? I just thought it was a good game. Like, I, I again, they're playing with 5D. It, it's hard for a team with who rarely, if they do have to play with 5D, for them to like not get tired by the end of the game. Mm-hmm. So the Jets really just waited them out. I think they were just waiting for the like, the Lightning were really trying to go for it in the first period. And I think that was because they knew they were going to be tired. Let's put all of our energy out there and then just see if we can pour, pour in a couple if we get lucky and then try to ride it out from there and just kind of play defensive trap hockey. But after that, the Jets just took over and yeah, you, you get a goal. You get a tip goal from Neil Pionk. Um, yeah, which was which his comment about uh, finally uh, Dilly found DD me. found him. Yeah, uh, which, which also Pionk on the mic last night was terrific because his little comment too about yes. uh, the dad's trip and having a bunch of his thirty different coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no, a he, lot of post game. I'll let they are loose post game was yes. Like I'm yeah. sorry, and listen, we love we love our friend Murat. Uh, <laughs> He got absolutely cooked by bonus last night <laughs> with the the reference to the the barber episode in Seinfeld. Uh, I it's I'm sorry. Bonus is usually for the most part fairly cut and dry. Kind of calls mm-hmm. it like it is. If things go well, he talks about it. But like cutting someone off in the middle of a question about the power play to say that he reminds him of an episode of Seinfeld that that is a very loose bunch of people right there. Yeah. It was hilarious. The, the entire media room was like crying, laughing because, <laughs> yeah, like you said, Murat is like, so Rick, you know, like is the is the power play like any closer to where you want it to be? And he goes, you ever seen that one episode of Seinfeld where Jerry gets like a bad haircut and then starts seeing other barbers? And he was like, maybe think of that. And, but like bonus has said to Murat in the past that he like likes his haircut. So I don't, I don't know what, well, no, he, he the, got it cut recently. I mean, the whole thing about that. Cause he did it been yeah. a while. So uh, I guess uh, Rick, not a no, fan. But, no, he is a fan though. I think, I think his haircut and the way Marat styles, it just reminds him of the Seinfeld right. episode because Rick yeah. said like a week or two ago um, when Marat actually got the haircut and it was super short, he was like, what is with the hair? And then he was like, I really like it though. Like, like, that's so good. funny though with he he just the fact that he, it's like the opposite of uh torts where if if you got yeah. a haircut around torts he'd be like why don't you might as well just shave your head uh <laughs> I, I i hate you people yeah. i want to leave um yeah. so that was the thing because uh, he recently i think torts just recently hit a milestone and someone asked him about like his favorite parts of being a coach he was like being in the room uh my least favorite part is being out here so can you guys leave me alone and then he walked away <laughs> yeah that's towards no yeah. but the, the marat uh bonus hair saga is is hilarious and and last night was something probably the watch. funniest <laughs> something to watch for for sure quality we, content. Weekly updates yeah yes 
<laughs> its own podcast out. show. Yeah. Featuring Marat. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I, my favorite part of that is he cut him off when he asked a question about the power play. I think that's yeah. why he brought it up because I think he was trying to avoid the power play question because yeah. he knew it was coming. And, yeah, and he knew it was probably come from Marat because Marat just released an article about it. I know that right. much on the athletic. So I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Bonus probably saw it and was like, nope, next question he gets, <laughs> I am interrupting him. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But no, other than that, I thought the Jets played well down the stretch and uh, it was a good win. Like, I, I yeah. hate the Kucherov score at the end of the game. Like, Hellebuck mm-hmm. should have won save win, but it is what it is. You can't really do anything about bounce like that. I mean, you also shouldn't take a penalty that late in the game, but right. Hellebuck's stats are also like through the roof. So yeah. that yeah. that goal does hurt for sure, but he's, uh, he's not the worst for wear in that category right now. Most impressive thing about the Tampa Bay game for me was that, you know, the first period they got dominated. There's no other really way to say it, but I was kind of expecting a slow start coming off of the back-to-back emotional wins against Minnesota, but their ability to fight like this team does not give up unlike years past. And uh, yeah, with 5D, they're going to wear you down. They wore down Minnesota, who was playing a full lineup um, over the span of two games. Never mind a team that's playing 5D. That third period, you know, they were getting pucks deep, as uh, as coaches love to say. But they were getting, they were forechecking, playing along the wall, um, and just dominating uh, them physically. It showed. They won. This is what the te- this is what this team does. And Tampa Bay in the back half of the game didn't really generate much. And this team's defensive structure, we talked about it off the top of the episode. It's it's really tough to generate chances on this team right now, and then when you do, Connor Hellbuck's there to make the save, um, and that's yeah. a that's a winning formula. Uh, st- Twenty six straight games without allowing three or more goals. It's it's really ridiculous. And I I tweeted out um, the other day that they only allowed more than two goals uh, once in the month of December, and that was an overtime game against Montreal. So those those two goals um, came in regulation. Like they lost in overtime. If they had lost in shootout, like there's going to be a three for one team uh, when you go to overtime and two two. But they didn't give up more than two goals in regulation in December. They they finish off December with the back to back against Minnesota where they shut them down, and then Tampa Bay comes to town and they still well they give up one goal for the majority of the game and then Kucherov scores with like under a minute left. But whatever. Um, it's it's the defensive structure is unbelievable. This team is playing really well at home. Uh, and this game against Tampa just fully encapsulated like all of that into one win. Like they they don't they don't give up. The defensive structure's there, they dominate at home. Connor Hellbuck's fantastic. Everything, everything you could want in this one game. Uh, so those are my thoughts on the win. But let's <laughs> very long-winded thoughts, but let's get to <laughs> a break from our ad, uh, our ad sponsor, DraftKings, and we will be right back. Episode 60 of the Low Fight Podcast. Stick around. We got talk on the top line, the defensive structure. We're going to get Brian and Elliot's thoughts because I just rambled about it. And then some other thoughts, maybe the power play, maybe the top six. So stick around, and we will be right back after a word from DraftKings. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN. 
Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY or 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-QUADRUPLE-7 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, see dkng.co slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources uh, are there for your availability. Uh, bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. And welcome back into episode 60 of the Level Flight Podcast. Thank you once again to DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. And as we said, going into break, we've got some bigger topics to cover. Let's start with the top line. The holiday break clearly was not kind to their hot streak. Gabriel Velarde was like the hottest player in the NHL going into it. Um, Mark Shifley, Nikolai Ehlers, that top line was rolling. Now coming out of the holiday break, they've now gone four straight games um, without a, or I guess Ehlers scored last night, but we'll get into that line change a little bit, but that, that those lines changed when Ehlers got that point. Um, Chicago, both Minnesota games and the first two periods of the Tampa Bay game, that top line did not have any points. Um, what do you guys think? Like, is this, is this line finally like lost their kind of lightning in a bottle kind of vibe to them? Um, do you think they just kind of hit a rough patch, uh, and they should go right back to it? Um, I will say the the line changes they made were just Nemesikov and Shifley switched. So it's now Ehlers, Nemesikov, Velarde, um, Ayafalo, Shifley, Perfetti. Um, so do you guys think they should stick with that going forward or go back to that top line, see if there's any more juice left with that combination? Brian, I'll start with you. See, it's interesting because I am a I'm of the mindset that when you have a line that's dominating as much as they were in that little stretch, teams are going to start throwing everything they possibly can at you to try and slow you down. And when you have the holiday break and they come back one, they may have lost a little bit of a step because it's a slight, uh, it's just that little break. It will just drop routines Mm -hmm. and combine that with teams taking notice of how good they've been. You're probably seeing that that's what the, you know, the reaction is. And I don't know if it's something that should break them up permanently um, I will say it did, uh, you know, it, it showed though that they can do a little lineup flip and not hurt too much. Cause in the past it's been mm-hmm. very clear that if they do a lineup flip, it's usually it goes top heavy and then no one else can score. Um, but I'll be real. I really liked what they looked like after they switched. I don't think it's enough to say, let's abandon the, uh, existing lines, but mm-hmm. I, I, I personally thought, and I, I messaged you guys early because I wanted to talk about this, Perfetti playing uh, on that line with Shifley, I thought that he looked terrific. And like mm-hmm. there was late, you saw him too, like later there, he was outworking Victor Hedman. I'm like, 
And yeah. I, I honestly, I truly, truly think that just because he's small, people don't pay attention to his little physical plays, but he's not someone who shies away from a board battle. He's not mm. someone who just kind of floats around because he's tiny and he, he doesn't want to get hit. Um, he is someone who gives his all all the time and his height doesn't really measure how much effort he's putting in. And I think that's, we saw that because Victor Hedden's what? Six, five, I think six, five, six, six, seven. six. Is he six, seven? six, seven? You know who else is he's, six, seven? Um, <laughs> he is six. <laughs> I'm not saying his name, um, but uh, you see him though. He's going in. He's just, he's outworking guys that are so much bigger than him because that's just who he is. And I don't want to hear anyone saying that uh, he needs to get better and needs to get bigger. He's done all that. Like I watched him in that Minnesota, uh, the second Minnesota game um, where he actually sent himself into the boards, won the puck battle and got it out for a good chance. Like I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. it, it's a great way that he plays. And I thought that him playing with Shifley was also a little level of diversity to the lines in the sense that you move Ehlers and Velarde and effect. If you wanted to, you could probably use that as a shutdown line with how strong defensively both Velarde and Nemestikov are. Yeah. Um, but Perfetti is one of the best uh, defenders up front as well and helps to cover some of the deficiencies that you find in Mark Shifley's game and some of the deficiencies that you might find uh, in an Alex Iafalos game, which their styles just seem to work. And I, as I said, I don't know if they stick with it um, because you have a few games, uh, obviously, where they've quieted down, but you have to wonder if maybe uh, they are looking at some other things too where one of these guys is going to act as a quote-unquote placeholder for when they need to find out where to put Kyle Connor coming back, uh, who is I uh, appear. He, it seems like he might be ahead of schedule. He's skating. No. Uh, um, like maybe um, the, the Velarde was six to or four to six weeks. And he came back in like six and a half. Like he pushed it. Um, I think the Kyle Connor thing, he's like six to eight weeks. He might be closer to six than eight, which is good. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. Cause we, we had yeah. that whole conversation where it's like, if it's six to eight, it's going to be eight. Um, people assume eight so i yeah, i consider like this ahead of schedule because of for the most part yeah. it's usually the the top end of it um but seeing him out there skating regularly this week uh was something i was not anticipating i was thinking maybe on like a a separate sheet but he was with a few guys uh, this morning just like who are actually you know in the lineup on a day-to-day basis so it's it's nice to see um but it's i mean you got to think it's in the back of the coaching staff's minds just wondering what happens when you get, you know, such an yeah. incredible goal scorer back. But no, I, I liked I, I liked what I saw from them. I still think that that line of, you know, Ehlers, Shifley, Velarde has more to give. Uh, and it's just, they just hit a rough patch. But uh, we'll see what they do uh, against the Sharks, who they have to beat. Please, God, beat them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And just to quickly further your Perfetti point, there was a player, I remember, in the first Minnesota game where – him and a player were going to the puck along the wall at the same time. And he like shoulders into him. The guy high sticks him. Like you could see his helmet fly back. Um, no call. He still wins the battle with his foot, gets it downloaded to Mesikov, and then drives the net for a give and go and uh, like hits it on the back door. And, uh, and flurry at the time made a really nice save, but like Cole Perfetti winning a board battle, fighting through a high stick and then doing a give and go and driving the net hard. Like that's, that's growth. We we haven't seen that from Perfetti um, when yeah. he was obviously younger, which you, you don't blame him when he's 
what, 5'10", and he's 19 years old playing his first couple NHL games. You don't, you're not expecting that, but that is that is growth. I agree with what you're saying there. Elliot, what are your thoughts on the the kind of preliminary line changes, and do you think they should go back to the, the trio that was lighting the league on fire? I'm going to keep it nice and short. I think they go back to that line. They've got to have some sort of usage left. They can't have just – I mean, if they've used it all in that stretch, then you've used it all in that stretch. Right. But I think they have a little bit more – we still we saw it in the lightning game last night. Like you see it in little points. Like I, I think that they're just fine. I think the Meskov on the first line is a little interesting, but I mean he's so flexible. I think it's more. Anywhere. I think it's more Ehlers and Velarde are on the second line. Yeah, with, I guess with so. the Meskov. Yeah, but either way, um, and then just to further your uh, Perfetti point, like the only knock that we have on him is his skating really like he's mm-hmm. not the fastest yeah. guy other than that i would not knock him on almost any other and maybe in his shooting but like i will like yeah. i know that he can get in in battles deep he's a bigger body his i will say his agility is better than i expected um mm-hmm. but obviously we know what his passing is he he is a very good player i think he's a very important part to this jets team and when he was on in the lineup last year he was good and then we saw what the jets missed having him just being able to create chances with his passing and trying to be able to move the puck either up ice or in the offensive zone. Yeah. He's, he's come really close to a lot of goals too, or the last four games. And he just hasn't gotten the the bounce or the, maybe maybe that would help, but he did say on the, on the radio in the post game that that puck flipped up on him in the Tampa Bay game. But man, that was a wide open net fired it high and high and wide. But again, Perfetti is just, he, he's getting the chances and and he's a pass first player and he's still getting the chances right um but the top line quickly my thoughts you've got a stretch coming up here you get san jose anaheim arizona columbus chicago yep. i think you should leave that line together for like the next two three of those games because if they can't dominate against a san jose against an anaheim then maybe it's time to switch away uh, but I think you can use San Jose as kind of like a get back on track, get that that heater going. What if you go into San Jose and Ehlers has a goal, Shifley has a goal, and Velarde has three assists? And it's like, what? Well, there we go. Now, now we're back. Uh, the good feeling is back on that line. They're they're back on their heater a little bit, and then you can carry that into maybe some tougher competition. Um, but you, I, I think you should use those those bad teams again. The one loss in December came to San Jose. Um, so they, they got to beat them, but I think you can use a San Jose or an Anaheim as a team that you can reestablish the chemistry that that line had. Um, and you're not playing against a Victor Hedman or a Anthony Sorelli, you know, like a, a team's top defensive players on both sides. Um, that that's my take. I think they should leave them together at least for these next two games against San Jose and Anaheim. It's a great barometer as to figuring out how, you know, exhausted they are in terms of their production. Yes. 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 I agree. Um, Okay. Thank you. Wow. (laughs) We need more kindness in 2024. That's what we need. Yes. More kindness in this world. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. (laughs) Uh, All right. Um, the power play, I mean, there's a clear emphasis to just shoot the puck anytime it's on anyone's stick. I like that game. change. Yes, I like that change. I think things are happening. I yeah. think I saw with my own two eyes that Gabriel Vlardy missed a wide open tap in in the first Minnesota game, just slid under his stick. 
And if that line, if that power play unit got that goal there, maybe they get going. Uh, Vlardy also just missed a backwards happening against Tampa Bay. Uh, and I think they're generating, I think they're going to be fine. Um, I really like the shot mentality. Just quickly, thoughts, your guys' thoughts on the power play, Brian? Well, I just I, the thing that I really liked was that uh, power play goal from Nemestikov in the uh, uh, the second game against the Wild, where again just shoot it. He just, just wheeled out it. around the circle there and just took a shot because at the very least, one you're getting uh, either a face off in the offensive zone, you're getting a rebound in which you have guys around the net, or you're scoring. So he obviously checked one of those boxes. But like if you have a shot that close. And we've seen it a lot where guys just defer the shot and they pass it off. I'm like, no, take the shot when you have the shot. Don't wait and make it perfect. Because if you try to wait and make it perfect, you're going to miss your opportunity because someone's going to get in front of it. Um, yeah. But Nemestikov just wiring one past um, Flurry. Firstly, Go I don't think hand. anyone expected Vlad Nemestikov to have a rocket like that. Just because he's, he's not someone who you know is like this incredible shooter and i'm like if everyone's shooting now you don't know what to expect (laughs) something's gonna go in at some point like that that, that's that's the shot mentality like vlad is not i would say he's a good skill player but he's not like he i didn't think he had that in his game like like that's the other thing i didn't think he had that in his game like that's a kyle connor mark shifley like Kyle Connor scores, and you go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor hasn't had that nice of a shot this year. No, like (laughs) not at all. But I, no, I agree with both of you. I think the shot mentality is a good, good thing coming. And yeah, goals like that are going to happen where you go, whoa, that person can do that. They're professionals. They just need time and space. And some of them, it takes more attempts than not. Um, But yeah, to beat Flurry glove side like that, that was, that was nuts. But they're going to generate some chances, and mm-hmm. it, at some point, something's got to – they'll go on a little heater on the power play. As we've seen this year, they've gone on heat, long or short little heaters on for everything this year. So I'm sure at some point we'll have a thing where, oh, the power play can't be stopped. They've scored on four <laughs> of their last ten, and they're 40%, and they're great or whatever. I'm of the mindset that just like even like league average special teams play from the Jets has them – as like one hundred percent Stanley Cup contender, yeah, probably. Because yeah. like that's or, the thing too is a, you, obviously the power play is something we've been talking about a lot. Right. Their penalty killing isn't near where it was last year either. Yes. Um. Yeah. So like if you just bring those even up to average because they they're below average in both I believe right now. Um, I think is coming up. Penalty kill has yeah. been better. I think last time I checked, they were like twenty third on the PK, twenty sixth on the power play. Yeah, so like they're they're can, below fifteen in both for sure. If yeah. you bring that closer to league average, then suddenly it's not just like because I I I always love the joke where it's like, can you decline the penalty? Um, because I I feel as if that obviously they are a better five on five team. Um, but if you actually add that threat of you you take advantage of the opportunity you're given on the power play. I I do not see, and we're going to talk about this next with a goaltender like Connor Hellebuck. You're looking at a team with very minimal weaknesses. Yeah. Yes. So yes, and they they're. I mean, maybe we can have this discussion next week. I don't know what's really going to change when they play a San Jose, Anaheim, and Arizona. Um, but the Jets as a Stanley Cup contender, like we've. After the month they just had, um, we're kind of running out of airtime here, but that maybe we'll save that discussion. That'll be next week's 
kind of large topic. We could topic go for a long time into. on that. Yeah. So maybe we'll we'll save that for episode 61. But yeah, they're they're, they're a team with very little weaknesses, like you said. Again, on the power play, though, Velarde against Tampa Bay had a really nice, like, drop step, or, like, fake drop step that Vasilevsky, like, pushed across and then pushed back and made an incredible save. Like, Velarde scores that against the Sharks or against the Blackhawks, and he scores that every time. Yeah. Uh, against Tampa Bay, against maybe a top three goalie in the world, he might not go in. He might make well, an incredible I play. I'm just thinking too of like how many games have we talked about this year where they're a power play goal away from winning the game essentially. Yes. Yep. Um, like they probably beat Montreal both times if they convert. They probably beat San Jose in San Jose the first time they play. Yeah. If they convert. Um, like we're we're talking about a team that could probably only have like five losses total <laughs> if they just convert on the power play a couple times. Is this what um, winning feels like? like? And the games, I don't, I don't know how I feel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know how that feel. Yeah, they'll go zero for four on their own power play. The other team will go like two for three. So it just completely kills you. And and they're still close. Mm. Like they keep it close because their five on five game is so dominant. Maybe they outscore their opponent two nothing in the five on five game, um, or two one, and end up losing three two. It's like that special. Chicago game where they yeah. dominated five on five, can't score go mm-hmm. 0 for 2 on the power play with against Chicago who has a very bad penalty kill. Yeah. Um and They're then very lose bad in overtime because you couldn't convert on a chance. So yeah. it's it's just a matter of looking at that and realizing a even slightly improved power play and just like being opportunistic turns you into this juggernaut that I don't know if any team can properly match up against. Yeah, I agree. And uh, there's no better time than the present because, like yep. I've said many times, got San Jose, Anaheim, Arizona, Chicago, Columbus coming up. Power play has got to get going. That's front of mind for me. Um, you got to shut. You got to be able to score goals against these teams with the man advantage. It's just yep. it's hitting 100%. a point where it's unacceptable if you can't against these teams. So uh, we'll see. Maybe they have some some tricks up their sleeve. But like I said, I like the shot mentality. Last topic we want to talk about. We've talked about him many times, um, but we just want to kind of give him his flowers because he's playing at the top of the league yet again. Connor Hellebuck. Um, I think he's tied now. Uh, he's an odds-on favorite, um, and he's tied with Thatcher Demko of the Vancouver Canucks um, for the Vesna Trophy. Yeah. And, I mean, his stats in December are astronomical. His stats on the season now... Uh, like who else remembers that slow start? Yeah, neither do yeah. I. Like I, I don't care. Yeah. Um, he's he's by far the best goalie in the league. Um, I took a look at at Money Puck. Uh, before we hopped on today, he's got fifteen point four goals saved above expected, which is number one in the NHL. The gap between him and number two, which is Thatcher Demko, is the same gap between Demko and number five on the list, which is Charlie Lindgren. Um, with goalies with at least 15 starts across the entire NHL, he's top four in goals saved above expected per 60. So it's not like he's just starting the most games in the NHL, racking up goals saved above expected here and there, and just fighting his way to number one. No, on a per rate basis, he's still a top five goalie in the league. It's not just a raw total stat. He's doing it on a, on a per 60 basis. He's still number one in the league. His save percentage is over 920 now. 
Well, um, it's like since the start of December, he has had a single start below nine twenty. Uh, yeah. In a in a in an actual save percentage, you know, point of view from each game, like it's it's unbelievable. Insane. It's unbelievable, and it's it's the best defensive structure he's ever played in front of. I think it's better than the 2017-18 team, uh, team defensively, at least. Yeah. Uh, the the stats would like they're they're suppressing chances better than we've seen of a Winnipeg Jets team ever since they came back, right? Yeah. Um. So I th- this 2017-18 team maybe doesn't, or the, the the team now compared to the 2017 team maybe doesn't have the firepower up front. You know, um, the the star power. I mean, they are missing Kyle Connor right now. We we do have to take that into account. And they're doing but all defensively. This. Yeah. yeah, but defensively, holy moly, this this team is shutting down chances at a level we've never seen. They're all bought in. And then, like I said earlier in the episode, once you finally crack that defensive structure, oh, you get a chance to go toe to toe with Connor Hellebuck. Um, and it, it for me before I get Elliot's thoughts on this. It all goes back to the dual signings on on Thanksgiving Monday, um, right before I stepped on the ice of a beer league game. I'll never forget because I was I felt trapped, couldn't <laughs> couldn't get my thoughts out there. But man, that like showed everyone in the room, everyone in the city, this team was bought in. Nito Niederreiter extended because of it. He even said so in his presser. He said, "When those guys signed, it showed me." That Chevy wants to win, this team wants to win, the city wants to win, and I want to be here for it. And Mark Shifley's been a top line center in every sense of the word. Connor Helbick's been the best goalie in the NHL. Um, and then you combine the the Dubois trade, the Nita Ryder trade, the Nemesikov trade. Like Kevin Shovel had a hell of a 2023. And yeah. uh it's 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 all come to this, right? That this is his team, he's built it. Um, and it's been it's been fun to watch, but Connor Hallbuck, yeah, uh, Elliot, what can you say about his season so far and just how incredible he's playing, especially in the month of December and January? I think my biggest thing about this whole resurgence is he's not also having to like normal in previous years, and you guys can attest to this probably. Normally, a night when he's having a good game. He's got two or three, like, wow, oh, my God, how did he save yeah. that? Like, he didn't have that last night. No. Like, I, I he didn't have that, and he Funny let in two. And I don't even think I'd blame him for the second goal. Like, the second Funny goal enough, shouldn't have fa- – yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, funny enough, to further your point, the Jets posted on Instagram, uh, Connor Hellbuck's the third star of the month in the NHL. Okay, so it's like the, the, the Instagram thing that you swipe through is a bunch of highlights. First highlight, point, shot, save, rebound, pops out in the slot, hits Hellbuck in the chest. All right, that's the highlight. Okay, next next highlight. Uh, Connor Hellbuck facing a shot square on, kick, pad, save, rebound, goes way out. That's the highlight. Okay, next highlight. Connor Hellbuck's hugging the post, gets passed out in the slot. Again, another pad save, just because he's in good positioning. Okay, that's the highlight. It's like this guy doesn't make highlight real saves. He doesn't. He's just in the right spot. Yeah, perfect position, but also it's it's a testament to the defensive structure. Yes. They're keeping it from being those cross-ice passes. Like, you don't have to worry about him sending himself across the net because, you know, someone blew their coverage. Like, it happens occasionally, but you don't see it like we have in past years where it's It also seems like he's ready for it. 
Like it's yeah, like he sees it's like in years past where there'd be a defensive breakdown or there'd be a break in coverage and he has to try to get across. It seems like when this team breaks down, Hellebuck is ready for it. He's wait. He, it's like he's read. Oh, he's going to get this coverage is going to get broken here. So I need to get from post to post or I need to position a little bit more to the left so that I can yeah. literally square up this next shot. Yeah. Because there are passes where I go, oh, no, that's a break in coverage. And it goes, oh. Well, Hellebuck was already ready for it. He's standing right there. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't feel worried. I like, yeah. It doesn't really like. Yes, the defensive structure is tearing, breaking teams down, and it's not allowing tons of chances. And when they are, they're not great. But when they do get a great chance, Hellebuck's right there. Like I, as yeah. much as this is a singular Hellebuck effort, it also is a team effort. And that's, I think, Absolutely. that's the biggest thing. This, this is a team thing, and. We talked about it when we, when, I believe it was just me and, was that just me and you, Connor, that episode after the Hellebuck signing? Um, I think, I, I think it might have been, yeah, but either, either or. Crazy. We both yeah. made the point that Connor Hellebuck, for him to, to, for the Jets to get the most out of this deal, they need to make sure that he has a good defensive structure and team in front of him so that he yes. can lo- elongate his longevity. This is exactly how you do that. And I'm not even talking about Brassois having had a couple of good games here and there. Yeah. And he's now heated up and he's now taken some games as well. This is literally Hellebuck's facing around 25 to 28 shots a night. That's a sustainable amount. And he's keeping the Jets in every single game. Yeah. And his, his, it's so funny. He's, I, I, I'm like, you, Connor Hellebuck, when he has a good game, doesn't make the highlight package. Like it just, you look at the, Stat sheet, look at the box score. He made 27 of 28 saves. And that's just what he does. And you didn't you didn't notice him. There wasn't one save that was like, wow, we Jets really needed that save. They would have been screwed without it. Like, no, the guy just oh, but he can do that right though. Spot. Like that's oh, he, he's, that's oh, he can do that. He can do that. He has the capability. He just hasn't had to. Yeah, he just hasn't had to, which I think that's like when, the biggest when, thing. He has when you're pumping to. when you're pumping Boston five nothing at home, like you're not thinking about the goalie right but at the same time boston has zero goals in the game like or they they ended up with one late because people started doing the wave come on um but but like the the connor hellebuck's best games it's it's crazy he hasn't had to steal any of this year he hasn't had any vintage oh my goodness look he made 48 saves and the jets won one nothing uh he hasn't had any games like that and he hasn't had to and that's that's just a testament to how good this team's playing um Anything else that we want to talk about? Any bigger topics? No, that's everything. All right. All right. Um, Episode 60 of the Low Flight Podcast. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. It was a blast. We'll be back next week. Episode 61. After a... Oh, yeah. We'll be back. Three-game road trip. And we will be back to cover the the first game. Yes, late nights. The first game of the homestand, which is Columbus. Um, It goes Columbus on the Tuesday. Then Connor Bedard again. And the Blackhawks on the Thursday, and then Who? Philly on the Saturday, and then the the Flyers who are playing good, and that should be a really fun night inside uh, CLC yeah. that Saturday 100%. night. Um, so we'll be back next week to cover the road trip, the Columbus game. Come back next week; should be fun. Maybe we'll have a discussion on whether or not the Jets are elite contenders. But when they go zero and three against the Sharks, Blue Jackets, and Ducks. We That's will what, be singing we'll a different tune. Optimistic. Like, well, we <laughs> yeah. spent like 20 minutes talking about how uh, like literally a league average power play makes them the most unstoppable team in the league. They're going to lose <laughs> to the worst team <laughs> in the league. And we're going to regroup next week and punch ourselves in the face. 
yes yes so tune in for that that should be yeah. fun um yeah but th this was a blast it was fun to get back after after not recording next or last week so come back next week check out us on all of our socials at level flight wpg and we will see you all next week have a great week everyone see you peace you're listening to the level flight podcast on the hockey podcast network